Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society, how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I have extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I'm Shaman Durek, and I am super, super duper happy that you are here on this planet because let me tell you something. People are walking around right now on this planet and going like, oh my God, everything's falling apart. It's horrible. It's this, it's that, it's everything. But 
what was people doing when the planet was doing what it was doing years ago and everyone was living their life and acting like everything was okay when in truth it wasn't. The only difference now is that the bells are getting thinner and that means what? That means that people are having to look at the realities that we've made of this world. Now, look, I'm not sitting here to say that we're these horrible beings walking around the earth, destroying our planet, but in truth, we are utilizing our consciousness incorrectly in the way that we've created things because everything that you see that's happening right now is not here to make us suffer. It is here to give us an opportunity to either one, leave the planet or two, get in alignment with consciousness so that we're operating in cosmic consciousness, which is basically we are investing conscious thoughts into what we see and experience in a way that creates change. Now, when we focus on all these calamities and difficulties taking place in the world, I can tell you right now, all we're doing is putting more energy towards that. When we focus on the things that are happening in the world and we shift our mind and focus on the things we want to see happen in the world, then we are really creating change. Change doesn't come by focusing on the same thing and doing the same thing over and over again. And in fact, that whole monotonous role is boring as AF. Because the thing is, if we are going to operate on a trajectory that moves our planet into a um, a more pristine state where we're operating our planet's consciousness and every living thing is operating within that consciousness of higher intelligence, then we have to be willing to bring projections out of our beings like you have never seen before right now more than ever. Right now, we have to project into the nonsense the truth of what is possible. And that can only happen by us not being affected, offended, and in inferior to a system that is trying to manipulate us. And that is everyone, you know what it is. I'm going to say it. It's the matrix. Yes. The matrix. Oh, we love the matrix. Don't we? The matrix is doing everything it can right now to make this whole vaccine thing that's happening more based on political standards. than it is really just based upon interpersonal relationships with each individual person and how they feel about what they feel safe for and what they don't feel safe for. I don't know when all of a sudden people don't realize that this whole thing is basically bringing back the old times of how things were when we went into all this segregation and all this like be Hitler movement and all this type of stuff. I mean, when you think about it in the sense of the guy who created the obey hats and all the obey t-shirts, I mean, he was pretty pretty clear visionary at that point, if you would think about it, because right now the whole word obey is all I see right now is what the system is telling us. The matrix is saying, obey, 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 do as we tell you to do, or you won't get this luxury, or you won't have this thing, or you won't have that thing. Screw you. First of all, we know good and well that your whole purpose is to run a drill on the people around the world. And you want to basically deal with population control. So your mass all these types of viruses and energies and so forth to keep us in a place of fear so that we can continue utilizing our own energies and becoming our own warden and making ourselves imprison ourselves mentally and emotionally so that we can become dulled down human beings who just say yes 
whatever you want. We will do as you say. We have no brains. We have no opinions that are contrary of. We have been programmed to say yes to everything that you want to do. You want to go to war? Fine, we will go to war. You want to take my child into war? Fine, take my child. I mean, this type of nonsense and the rhetoric that I hear right now, more so than ever, is a nauseating. And on a spiritual level, it doesn't connect to anything that is about where we're going and what we're supposed to be experiencing. Look, we have power. We have real power, but it only comes when we start aligning our mind and our words to move in sequence to that power of that higher intellect and that intelligence. And that can't happen if we're listening to all these different people and all their woos and oh's and who's and boos and news and this and that and that and the other. And we're getting caught up in all of that nonsense. And we're not allowing ourselves to see that all of that is draining. All of that is straining. All of that is creating resistance. All of that is creating all types of emotional and mental issues, confusions, and all types of energies that are creating so much chaos right now that we don't need it. And because you're a lit leader of legacy, which you are, and I love you so much, we need to put our foot down and take a stand and stop making it about this or that. Look, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. You don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. But don't go telling people what to do and what they should do because you did it, because you think that's going to make a big change. People who get vaccinated still get the coronavirus. Hello. And also, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean there was a guy recently vaccinated and he went and he died from the coronavirus. So the thing is, if you believe in it, if you don't believe in it, the point is do as your heart tells you to. Do as your heart dictates for you to do, not what the TV dictates for you to do, not what media dictates for you to do, or the celebrity who's standing there telling you that they did it so you should do it too, or whatever else is telling you, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your uncle, your aunt, your neighbor, your friend, the person at the store down the street. I mean, it's enough is enough enough people. We, if we do not remain in our independent thinking and our ability to think outside of the box, then we might as well go ahead and be the sheeple that we were born to be, that the matrix wants us to be. We weren't born to be sheeple, but the matrix wants us to be sheeple because it has orchestrated and created the most perfect design system to make it so that we constantly self-betray ourselves and each other so that we can never trust each other and we'll always be at odds with each other and always be separated and divided from each other and then feel righteous and in our dignation and feel that we have the right to tell someone else how to live their life. And we have the right to continually dictate to other people why they're wrong or this is going to happen to them or that's going to happen to them. I mean, really, I mean, just the whole idea of religious people constantly telling everyone they're going to hell and they never even knew what had, they never been there themselves. They don't even know what it is. They, they just saying it because they believe that someone told them that, I mean, talk about the monkey effect. I mean, if you have one monkey telling you don't eat the banana because you're going to get beat up and the monkey eats it and then the, beat, the monkey beats the monkey and then that next monkey tells the next monkey and after after 20 monkeys, all of a sudden the monkeys won't even touch the banana because they don't even know that there's some kind of like 
thing going on internally inside of them called epigenetics that is literally making them not want to touch the banana because they know something bad's going to happen. They don't know what the bad thing is. They don't know where it's going to come from. They just have this weird, eerie feeling that something bad is going to happen. Well, guess what? That's what people are doing to you. That's what people are doing to each other right now. They are programming the new epigenetics. They're creating all of these synthesis through your body, your entire system, your endocrine system, your, your nervous system, and everything is being bombarded by all these different things happening. And you don't even know if you're coming or going. The thing is, you have the ability to shut it all off. You have ability to literally what I would say, and, and a lot of people would disagree with me, but I don't really care because when people sit there and talk about bypassing, they're like, oh my God, you're spiritually bypassing. Oh my God, that person's spiritually bypassing. Thank God for that. I mean, really spiritual bypassing. First of all, let's get clear about quantum physics. Okay. If you are focusing on an idea that is being presented to you, projected to you or said to you through media or through another person's mouth or whatever you hear and whatnot, and you decide to put your energy into that space, then you are literally collecting information and grabbing onto it, locking it in and making it what we call your reality. Now, reality does not really exist. It's constantly mutable and changeable. It's shifting, it's moving, it's liquidy, it's everything. But the moment you put your consciousness and the idea that this is what it is and this is how it is and these are what it is, it all of a sudden becomes solidified. This is why we're living in a, what we call a third dimensional frequency, what is dense matter. And in order to ascend or reach these higher plateaus of consciousness that everyone is wanting to get to, the big... Oh, you have to be able to transcend density. Well, you're not transcending density if you're constantly being trapped in realities that are not suitable to you and that are not supportive to the global atmosphere, which basically means all of us. That means you, me, all the people, the animals, the plants, and every living thing, right? So that being said, if we look at it from the perspective shamanically, the more you keep reacting to what you're seeing in the world, instead of bypassing and looking what and focusing on the things you know is possible for the world, you are literally creating it with everything else that is being held in dense form. Oh, yeah. Mic drop. And if you think that for one second that your government and the people in your government are for you, let me tell you something. First of all, let's just talk about the coronavirus for a second. If your government was for you, your government would be focusing on health, regeneration, wellness, all the ways in which you can prevent yourself from even getting infected with this virus. They would be talking about all the things from obesity to you name it. They would tell the fast food restaurants, no more, no more poison in the food, no more uh, this that we don't need because this is what's making people sick and this is what's making the virus get in their system. This is why they're getting infected, you know, because the, the environment and the food and the chemicals and the toxins and all the things that you're stuffing in your body is affecting you. 
you, which actually makes the virus affect you. Now, this has been scientifically proven throughout history, through every type of virus we've had, has because certain people get sick because they're already sick, not sick just with the flu or with some kind of pre-consisting condition. I mean, sick because they're eating the wrong foods, they're putting the wrong things in their body, they're thinking the wrong things in their mind, they're reacting to the wrong things emotionally. I mean, can we hear it, right? It's, it's like, for those of you in the back, I'm speaking to you as well. This is important for us to understand. Our government is not for us. It is not thinking, let me help the people become stronger and more powerful. It is thinking only about profit and power. It doesn't care about the dark. It doesn't care about the light. It doesn't care about whatever your spiritual beliefs are. If you're Christian, if you're Muslim, if you're Buddhist, if you're Baha'i, if you're a shaman, if you're this or you're that, what it cares is the bottom line. What comes out on that data report? If that data report does not have the numbers that they want to see that supports their agenda for more power and money, then they're going to create more chaos, more viruses, more things to rile you up, get your senses all quirky and all discombobulated so that they can continue to run this gamut. And that's what it is. It's a gamut. It's a setup system, calculated, sat down, talked about, put together, orchestrated, designed perfectly for the human discombobulation. Yeah, it's like that. Oh, the things that we have to go through while we're on planet Earth. All the things we have to go through. All the things we have to go through. That was like a little short intermission, a little song, kind of like a weird little song that you might maybe hear on like an old 50s channel or something in one of their little commercial breaks. Anyway, the point I'm making is, is that we are on this place where we have to reclaim autonomy. We have to claim autonomy, independence. We have to stop being uh, moved by other people's opinions. Everyone's got an opinion. But the question is, is the opinion supporting all of us on a global level? I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what you believe. What I care about is love, baby. I care about love, baby. I care about love. Do you understand? Love, connection, community, people, thriving, evolution, pristine planet. I know like Elon Musk and all these people want to get off to another planet, but take all your billions and dollars and put it onto planet Earth to make this planet pristine. It's not that difficult to do, really, if we all decided. I mean, they did it when they built the rocket by getting everyone free education so America can be the first ones on the moon over than Russia. And that created the whole, you know, the whole system for school. And then you got intuition and then the credit cards came and then all this kind of stuff and the debt. I mean, seriously, we have the ability if we wrangle ourselves in communities and start building what I call communities within communities, that means Think of like a community, like a like a beautiful uh, white blood cell that is capable of like, you know, transforming viruses and bacteria and pathogens and all kinds of things. Now, say that community mixes with another community and that community connects with another community and all those communities are lit AF 
Okay. They are lit rockers. They are light workers or what you want to call. I call it light rockers because we have to rock and roll right now because light workers were like, yeah, we're working. No, we are lit rockers. Okay. We're rock and roll, heavy metal, straight down in your face, hip hop beats, you know, everything. We are like taking it to a whole nother level of what it means to be lit. And if you think about it and just think about it just for a moment, Every one of those cells of those communities that are lit and blazing fire of light, energy, consciousness, intelligence, love, prosperity, abundance, joy, happiness, pleasure, orgasmic consciousness. And did I say orgasmic consciousness? I did. Oh, my God. Please, people have more orgasms for the sake of God. Okay, because that even takes down so much negativity in the world. Just pleasure alone helps people, you know, seriously. That's why the system wants you to constantly feel shameful about everything sexual. It's ridiculous. But anyway, let's just say all those communities, right, are those cells. We would have a banging immune system. I mean, bang, 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 bang the drum. Okay. Like when you hear from like the B, uh, what is it? Like the B-52s, bang, bang, bang on the drum, baby. Boom, boom. Knock a little louder, sugar. Bang, bang, bang on the drum, baby. Boom, boom. I can't hear you. Bang, bang, bang on the door, baby. Baby, bang, bang, bang on the door, baby. Notice I changed bang to the drum because everyone should have a drum in the house and bang that thing right now because we need to keep it lit. And if you don't have a lit bell, even mine's a little shoddy. New lit bell. But the point I'm saying is everyone in the house should have a lit bell. And you need to ring that bell every time you have an amazing thought that comes through or something like enlightened consciousness, or you just get like an epiphany of some sort, or you just feel good when you wake up and just ring that bell, right? Because the thing is right now, we have to do things a little crazy, a little quirky. If we're going to survive, there's all this craziness that's happening in the world right now. We don't have time for depression and low vibrations. and like, oh, what was me? Oh my God, the world's falling apart. I mean, yeah, I go through my things through too. You know, like I, I get separated from my girlfriend. I'm like, Ooh! you know, then she comes back and I'm like, yay, you know? And it's like, it's like kind of finding the balance, you know, it's kind of like, like, you don't want to like, for instance, like for me, I'll go play video games, but I want to play video games like nonstop because then it t- it's over consuming. Right. So it's kind of finding the balance. I can play a little video game, do a little nature, have my girlfriend, you know, like laugh a little, have time with my family, eat this, that, visit friends, this, da, 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 da. Meditate, you got it, the whole bit, whatever. And not all the time am I sitting under a tree meditating. I don't know if you know, but I am a modern shaman. Even though I come from roots that dig that dig deep into the deeper roots of shamanism, I am a modern shaman. And I do check my Instagram and I do respond to my DMs and I do play video games and I do surf the web and I do find out what's going on so I can actually keep you lit and give you information, download knowledge. And I also am really technological when it comes to spiritual technology yeah i do wish sometimes i was a shaman that worked with technology so i can sometimes like stop certain types of information that is not supportive for the human growth factor but the thing is what we really need to look at here is how we are going to conduct ourselves moving forward are we going to be running around like forest run forest run all frenzied and discombobulated and all out of sorts or are we going to wrangle it in and put our bootstraps on and 
realize that our whole life, all the pain we've gone through, all the suffering, all the this, all the that has led us to this moment, not because it's here to tear us down, but it was all a part of your training. It was your part of your, your exercise to be the leader you were born to be. So get into that leadership. What does that mean? You can be a leader in your home, your family, to your children, to your community, to art, to music, to you name it. What do you want to lead into? And then build from there. And that's going to basically allow us to infiltrate the matrix, not run for us, run from the matrix. Run for us, run. No one wants to run from the matrix. No one wants to run from darkness. Everyone's running from things. Stop running and face it. Turn around, just like in your dreams. You know, you ever have those dreams where you're like, you're dreaming, and then like this monster comes, and if you run from it, it's like constantly follows you for like weeks and years until you finally one day you go to the dream world and you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I just need to face this thing. And then you turn and you face it and it like dissolves into something and it's all gone and it's done. Well, that's kind of like what's happening on our planet. Like we need to stop, we need to stop being run, forest, run. Okay. There's nothing wrong with the forest gump, but if you are running all the time, every time from everything that's happening in your life, instead of facing it head on with love, you're doing yourself a great disservice. The key element here is to be able to activate energies right now that are going to be able to infiltrate the matrix. Activate, activate, activate. Get it activated, babies. Let's let's do it. Turn on your sexy vibe. Get activated. Be an activated human being who's looking at people, who's not sitting there judging them, but it's like, oh, that's what people choose to do right now. They need to have this happen. They need to go through these things. This is good what's happening right now because this is waking and shooking people up. Shaking, shooking, you know, they got shook, they got shake, they shaking, shake and bake, shake and wake, whatever you want to call it. They're shaking up the system, but they don't realize that while they're shaking up the system, they're also shaking up the people to become more powerful. But it's all how you look at it. It's all how you look at it. You can choose to look at it and be like, oh my God, my world's falling apart. I don't know what to do. Or you can simply go, Wow, this is badass. This is dope AF. This is giving me more power, more strength to, to, to dig deeper into my gifts, dig deeper into my intuition, dig deeper into my psychic abilities, dig deeper into my powers, my healing abilities, my everything. Whatever it is you feel that you are good at, take it to the next level. If you are a piano player, take it to the next level. If you're a skateboarder, take it to the next level. This is what I mean by taking it up. Level it up, baby. Level it up. Yeah. Oh, I love you so much. I wish I could just put my arms around you right now. Well, I'm actually am putting my arms around you right now in my spirit form, which can be at 20,000 places at one time, which I do love. But sometimes I got to wrangle that one in because that one is visiting everyone in their dreams and doing all kinds of things and then sending me messages throughout the day. And I'm like, oh, wait, who, what, who's going to get in contact with me? Like, no. Sometimes you just got to like chill it in. You know what I mean? Like chill and just kind of like relax. And then like kind of throw, I'm going to give you like another like commercial song. Relaxing with my baby is so beautiful. Looking at the flowers and the sunshine. Everyone relaxing and staring at flowers. And the sunshine keeps on shining all day long. 
I thought I'd throw in one of those like um, 60s, maybe that was more 70s. That one was like more like a 70s thing that you maybe see like a bunch of people hanging out on a pair, like on grass wearing bell bottoms, probably smoking a big doobie and just like listening to that commercial break. Anyway, commercial break is over. It's time to be activated. It's time to step into your leadership. And I love you. And I know you got what it takes. So again, I'm here for you. We're going to do this. Listen to this podcast, get revved up, get, you know, get lit, jump up and down, scream out of the window, be like, I listen to Shopping Dice podcast today and I'm on fire. If that's what you got to do, then do it. You know, whatever you got to do, do a cartwheel, do a backflip. You know what I mean? Take, take a glass out of your cabinet or a plate and smash it in front of your house and be like, things are about to change. Or better yet, things are changing. I love you so much. And I will speak to you again on our next uh, share. Love you. Hey, Tribe. So the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hello tribe. We have another tribal share and a song by Jaima. You can follow on Instagram at Jaima Music 22 and that's J-A-I-M-A-M-U-S-I-C 22. Enjoy the song. Love you. Ever wonder what the world would be like if we saw ourselves in each other's eyes? If we lost the beliefs that we were all different, how would we look if this Maya had been lifted? Yeah, in your eyes, see this picture synthesized by the rhymes, lacing up the scripture with your mind, multiply the power of the seed by blooming up this flower for the whole of humanity. Yeah, if we shared the beliefs, we'd weave up a tapestry with each of us a piece. If it took a step back, like what Kobe in a day, we would see that this thought is the thread in a lace. Yeah, what? Really matters is the death of a love. You can feel it in your soul and you can feel it in your heart. So why don't we just stop all this division of a garden? Think about the things that unite all the parts. Cause all of the saints, the sinners so tested, the ace the exam, graduating with ascension. Yeah, yeah, and now they got a pension. Infinite light, top the Christ manifesting. This world as its world's going round and round. The only thing they gotta do is grow God's child. So cut the competition, see a Maya in your fiction. Whatever your philosophy, whatever your religion. Yeah, know that all is God. And instead of dividing, unite to open up. Beliefs in your truth so that it can be questioned. Don't let your arrogance stop this intersection. Yeah, cause when truth is tested, it'll fall apart if it's false digested. See this in your mind, and we will find a muse we will all come together with a stuff we will fuse yeah what really matters is the depth of your love you can feel it in your soul and you can feel it in your heart so why don't
don't we just stop all this division of a garden? Think about the things that unite all the parts. Yeah. It's so simple, but we've been imprinted like a computer, programmed to be different. We're taught deep down that we need to be better. When to just be is the true treasure. So be light with your God right now, yeah. Be light with your God right now, yeah. Unite with your God right now. See a piece of hope puzzle bringing heaven to the ground, yeah. Be light with your God right now, yeah. Be light with your God right now, yeah. Unite with your God right now. See a piece of hope puzzle bringing heaven to the ground, yeah. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors, who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No. Not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamanduric.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I am Shaman Durek, and as you know, we are at a time in our evolution where the more information we have, the greater support we can create for ourselves and for everyone around us. And this is about us being able to learn how to really step into that place of wellness and wholeness so that we are able to function in a way that allows us to thrive. Thriving is everything right now, and this is what it's about. And so what we need right now is more information so that we can continue to up-level our lives and live a lit life. And speaking of living a lit life, I'm super excited to have Dr. Will Cole here with us in studio, who is going to be sharing with us about his new amazing book around 
fasting. Yes. And we're going to debunk and we're going to talk about everything we need to find out about fasting because there's so much information out there in the informational highway and not every single thing is actually legit for us to be able to listen to. And Dr. Will Cole is a plethora of information. As you know, we've had him on the podcast before with his book, Ketotarian, and many other times we've been able to talk to this brilliant genius man who is the leading functional medicine expert who consults people around the world via webcam and local in Pittsburgh. But he's not just there to consult you. He's there to take your life to a higher place so you can get into that space of really understanding what it takes to take care of yourself, which is something we all forget about. And now we're going to learn how to do so. Welcome to the studio, Dr. Will Cole. Oh, buddy, I miss you. This is like a long overdue. I'm so excited that we're talking. Yes, me too. <laughs> so let's just go right to it. So, you know, you're always writing these amazing books. All these books are filled with so much information that has helped so many people worldwide. And yeah. now you have your new book. Tell us about it. It's called Intuitive Fasting, like you'd mentioned. And just like anything else that I write, it's born out of my clinical practice because I'm talking to people 11 hours a day via webcam. I'm like immersed in functional medicine and in, in clinical nutrition and, and the science of fasting and these tools that I'm using, right? So intuitive fasting is, is something that I've seen as how I've described it to my patients. And I wanted to share it with people as the reader, right? As how do we use intermittent fasting as both a medicine, meaning physically therapeutic to facilitate health, but not just as fasting as a medicine, but fasting as a meditation. How do we use fasting intuitively to check in with ourselves to not only help our health on a physical level, but to use it as a time of pause and introspection and stillness to ground yourself. You know what it is? Ultimately, it's what fasting has been used for, for eons. And we're just so divorced from our roots and modernity that we forget the powerful benefits of fasting, both on a health level and a spiritual level. So I really wanted to just remind people that this is our roots, no matter where our heritage came from, fasting has been used in cultures around the world for both health purposes and mindfulness purposes as well. So that's what intuitive fasting is. It's bringing it to the 21st century, but there's nothing new under the sun. It's really just reminding people and substantiating things that our ancestors would have done. Beautiful. You know, you've written so many books and what has inspired you to, to go on this journey of fasting and writing your book on fasting? Because you've, you know, you've, you've, you've helped us understand so much about keto diet and all of these different things. Why now? Why fasting? Well, I think that fasting in some ways is having its you know zeitgeist moment or it is we're in the middle of it of people wanting to learn more about it and there's a lot of research coming out of scientific literature so that trickles down to pop culture and you know the blogosphere and podcasts and conversations in the in the pop culture space so i think i thought on that level it was an appropriate time to bring it out because people want to learn about this but this is something again i've used for past 12 years clinically, whether people are paying attention to it or not, the science remains, the real life 
benefits remain. And that's what I get to see as a clinician. Um, but it's something that I've used personally for even longer than that, for about 20, over 20 years. Uh, since I was very young, I've been using different fasting protocols in my own life. So this is something that's definitely not new. But I thought it was a good time to put out the book. And it's a continuing of a conversation that I began in Ketotarian, really, because it's two sides of the same coin. I talked about intermittent fasting in Ketotarian in 2018 whenever I released that book, because why? I mean, you can't really talk about the ketogenic diet. And Ketotarian is a clean, plant-forward ketogenic diet. Ketogenic diet is fasting mimicking. So you, the science around ketogenic diet really stems around beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is a ketone body that your body naturally produces in a state of ketosis. Well, the ketogenic diet produces this, but so does fasting. So they're both the same mechanism to the same. So it's just intuitive fasting was just a deeper dive into this in this conversation that I began as in, in book form, at least, in, in Ketotarian. That's beautiful. So let me ask you this. What is the difference between chronic calorie restriction and intermittent fasting? That's a great question. So people oftentimes conflate the two, right? They think, oh, you're advocating for disordered eating. Like, how could you say that? That's all that fasting is. It's some sort of glorified eating disorder. And it couldn't be further from the truth as far as the science is concerned, as far as what we're talking about. And that doesn't mean that fasting can't be abused or fasting can't be used improperly. And people with active eating disorders shouldn't be doing intermittent fasting and should talk to their doctor and their eating disorder specialist. So of course that's true. But what we're talking about here has nothing to do with that. And specifically, time-compressed feeding or time-restricted feeding has nothing to do with caloric restriction at all. It has to do with eating ample amounts of food, healthy amounts of food within specific windows. Again, something that our ancestors would have done throughout time, but because of modernity and this, the fact that we're so divorced from what we've evolved with because our genetics haven't changed in 10,000 years, we're always eating and always snacking and eating really late at night and having no sort of rhythm and balance to our food. And when we're not just what we're eating, but when we're eating it. So the research that's really looking at this time-restricted feeding is saying, look, we're just giving our body time of fasting and time of eating. And it's sort of recalibrating and eating and fasting more in alignment with what we've evolved with. So it's decreasing that chasm between genetics and epigenetics. And researchers are really looking at that this genetic epigenetic mismatch, this evolutionary mismatch is really at the heart of why we see the epidemic rise of different chronic inflammatory problems, autoimmune problems, because our genes are living in a brave new world. Our microbiome is living in a brave new world where we're always eating and snacking and it's very disruptive to our system. So we're living out of balance. So fasting is one way to sort of bring that chasm, shrink that chasm to eat more in alignment, to live more in alignment with our biochemistry. So it has nothing to do with caloric restriction and chronic caloric restriction will lower your metabolism over time. Fasting will not. And the refeeding and the eating time, the feasting time is just as important as the fasting time to maintain a metabolically flexible, healthy metabolism. 
I, I definitely am a, an advocate of that because I do OMOD and, yeah. and I've lost weight and I, you know, I can feel the difference in my body and so forth. But what are fasting benefits beyond losing weight? Because a lot of times people go into this idea like, oh, I'm going to fast and I'm going to lose weight. Well, I was one of those people and I mm-hmm. thought, okay, I'm going to fast and lose weight. And I fasted um, by doing OMOD and I've lost pretty much all the weight that I can really pretty much lose unless it just actually just doesn't look unhealthy. And now, you know, where I was like 250 pounds, I'm now 220 pounds mm-hmm. and, you know, and it feels really good. Of course I can continue. And now I've been kind of balancing it between intermittent fasting because I don't want to keep losing the weight, but what are the benefits of fasting other than weight loss? Yeah. And you've been doing OMAD for a while now. I mean, you really... I mean, years. So, I mean, it, this is the amazing science around this and using fasting as a medicine and a meditation. The medicine side of it is beta hydroxybutyrate is an epigenetic modulator. It's a signaling molecule, which means it does really cool things for our health. It lowers inflammation. And that's really at the heart of a lot of different health problems. When you're looking at autoimmune problems and metabolic issues, different types of cancer, neurological problems, even things like anxiety and depression and fatigue. These are neuroinflammatory problems. So we have a natural anti-inflammatory that our body produces on its own if we give it the chance to do so. So that's really um, lowering inflammation. So there are different inflammasomes like um, the NRP3, there's the COX-2 pathway, there's these different uh, pro-inflammatory cytokine activity that's high in a lot of people. Well, this is a natural way to lower that in a state of fasting. And it upregulates different antioxidant pathways like the NRF2 pathway, so the AMPK pathway. So it's lowering inflammation. It's improving mitochondrial function, which is our cellular energy. It helps to reset the gut microbiome. So our gut microbiome has this sort of circadian rhythm. So higher bacteria, certain colonies are higher in the morning. Some are higher in the evening. And we have this sort of wave-like motion of the microbiome that is disrupted because of this evolutionary mismatch. We're always eating and snacking, especially foods that are very disruptive to the microbiome that's feeding bacterial overgrowths and fungal overgrowths. Well, fasting is a way to reset that gut garden, reset that microbiome and improves brain function and improves a brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF, actually improving neurons, improving neuroplasticity and neurogenesis. And I could go on and on. It balances blood sugar levels. It's, It's really doing a lot of different things for our body. And I think it's more eloquently Paracelsus, the one of the founders of, of modern medicine. He's known as the father of toxicology. And you know, we have Hipp- Hippocrates, everybody knows that, right? Hippocrates, he also used fasting for patients that I talk about in the book. But Paracelsus called fasting the physician within, which I think is a beautiful way to say it, right? It's like all that sciencey stuff that I just said. Yeah. It's the physician within. It's like this inner doctor that we can tap into. 
I love that. And I'm so glad that you explained it that way too, and brought up those two um, valuable points, because I feel like a lot of people these days are going into it without really knowing the, the benefits and really understanding like how it can actually support their microbiome and really help them in the way that they are connecting into that circadian rhythm and being able to maintain that level of awareness of themselves. And I like the idea of the inner doctor within. I want to debunk some myths about fasting. Can you share some debunking for us? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, one is that it's pro- it's the same as chronic caloric restriction. It's like, no, that's starvation. That's not what we're talking about here. Is there a place for multiple day fasts? Absolutely. They could be very deeply therapeutic water fasts and for many purposes, both health purposes and spiritual purposes. And there's also a place for dry fasts too as well. I mean, you're not having any liquids for shorter periods of time um, or any solids, but that's not what we're talking about here. The research around time compressed feeding or time restricted feeding is the most common type of intermittent fasting that's being talked about. And a lot of the research is based around that too. It's not about how much you're eating or necessarily it's not, it's not centered around so much calories. It's centered around when you're eating the timing of eating. That's really where the magic is the benefits. Of course, I would not recommend you to fast your way out of a poor diet, a healthy nutrient dense diet is primary, but let's leverage the benefits of it and take it to the next level and by implementing these intermittent, these fasting windows to really allow the body to make the most of the food that you're eating. Um, and also give it a break from times of eating to allow these amazing benefits of fasting that I talked about. So that's myth. Number one, myth number two is that it is disordered eating. I think that that is is a misnomer too. And to me, it's a real sad state of of where we are at as a society, where we just lose all nuance and context. That you have you can make these broad sweeping sweeping over generalized statements and say, well, fasting is disordered eating, and they're not really looking at what we're talking about and, and what the researchers in the fasting scientific community are looking at too, because it's anything but, but how far have we removed ourselves from our roots where having some moderate level of fasting windows is considered radical. You know, I think that feeding chronic health problems is, is to me, the radical and disordered thing. I mean, literally we have an industry that's feeding chronic diseases in the form of big food industry and the way that our culture is, but we don't blink an eye on that. Right. But sometimes when you talk about about food, healthy food and fasting, suddenly everybody becomes a researcher and, and super cynical and sarcastic. It's like, just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal. And ubiquity doesn't necessarily equate with normalcy. And we need to start looking at it. It's like, okay, this is improving people's health. This, the research is actually saying it's improving people's health. Why are we so against something that's actually can be a positive tool? Doesn't mean it's for everybody. But why is that being so vitriolic? Why is that being so uh, demonized so flippantly? So those are some common myths that I I would like to bust. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think our society um, and where we've come so far in science, yet we have not come so far when it comes to our bodies, our health, um, the way that we continue to thrive in this biological spacesuit, what is the problem? What is going on? What is causing this disconnect 
from the true reality of the first priority is me. Yeah, it's really starts, it's many levels, but I think that one of the basic day-to-day where we're getting our information really lies. If you look at the what, how doctors are being trained conventionally, they're getting next to no nutritional advice. So I mentioned the study in my second book in the inflammation spectrum that one study showed that most doctors would fail a basic nutrition test. I mean, they're not getting good information. They're they're treated, they're being trained in pharmacology. So it's really they're trained to diagnose a disease and match it with a medication. So if that's the tools within the toolbox, that's the only options that you have. You and and I think that when that's a big disconnect between that's the training of the people that people are getting their health advice from. And when we also look at the majority of health problems today are largely lifestyle driven. So diabetes, autoimmune conditions, metabolic issues, and people that have weight loss resistance, hormonal problems, we can go on and on. There's so many different uh, health problems that the majority of the population is struggling with are being influenced by the choices they're making in their life. So if they can be supported and improved and reversed and healed from through lifestyle changes, why isn't that being trained in the medical system? So I think that that's why institutes like the Institute for Functional Medicine, of which trained me and my team and everybody within functional medicine are trying to change that. And I think when you have mainstream institutes like the Cleveland Clinic, who has a functional medicine center, mainstream institutes are trying to change that, but there's just pockets of change. But the system-wide change is a massive monolith that has a lot of special interests at play. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's more than anybody that changing big paradigms is, doesn't happen overnight. And I, and I don't, who knows how long that's going to take, but um, I, I think it starts there. And then that, the ripple effect of pop culture and advertisements and the way that that culture is, it is like a lot of special interest agendas that is feeding a dysfunctional system. You know, with the people who are listening around the world right now to um, this um, conversation, what would you say to them in regards for them to put the power back in their hands in, in a way that will give them the knowledge and the ability and the aptitude to be able to make changes that we just spoke about? I would just say that, I mean, people that are listening to your podcast are already on this awakening journey. So I would just say if they started with the mental, emotional, spiritual side of things, that's actually to me the best place to start because you can start really having a shift and then you can start actualizing that in your life through your day. If you're talking about food, I mean, food is a great way to complement this spiritual journey that you're on. Every breakfast, lunch, and dinner, every fast time, every time of intermittent fasting is another opportunity to serve yourself, to elevate your soul, elevate your spirit. Because I see so many people that are spiritual powerhouses, but are kept back sometimes because of their physical body. So if anything, I, I hear people describe it to me like this. They're like, I want my physical health to be more in alignment with where I am on a spiritual level. And that's what I want for people is that they're, they're getting, they're creating this awesome light in their life. Well, let's start getting their body to catch up with where their spirit is at. And I, I think that, that start leaning into 
the protocol that I have in intuitive fasting is a great place to start because we're avoiding foods that are inflammatory. We're starting to eat more in alignment with our physiology and elevating foods and, and fasting can be quite elevating, not just on a physical level, but I have this whole concept in the book that I talk to patients about, but I put it in the book that I call metaphysical meals. That's like these acts of stillness, these meditation practices of what do you do during your fast? Let's not just use it as a medicine. Let's use it as a meditation to mm -hmm. really cultivate. And it's a lot of the stuff that, that the, the work that you put out there in the world they could use your practices in a time of fasting, which I think would be a beautiful combination of just like they're physically getting their body in place and they're physically creating a stillness. Then they can really implement the spirit hacking tools that you teach throughout the day to um, elevate their health to the next level. That's beautiful. And, and well said, I, I want to go into what is metabolic inflexibility and how does it affect your health? So metabolic inflexibility, most people are stuck in it. Most people are in the throes of it and they don't even know it because we're born. Our birthright is metabolic flexibility, the antithesis of metabolic inflexibility or metabolic rigidity. So all babies are born very metabolically flexible. Their ability to burn both fat and sugar. All babies are actually born producing ketones, those, those fat bodies that I talked about for proper brain development, proper neurological development. And we lose that birthright because of this genetic epigenetic mismatch. This we're living in this brave new world. We're eating foods that humans wouldn't have eaten. We're eating the amount of food and how often that humans would have never eaten. So we're starting to get out of alignment with that birthright. And we start growing and feeding and metabolic inflexibility and losing metabolic flexibility. So we end up stuck in various degrees of this sugar burning mode. And that is hangriness, fatigue, insatiable cravings, weight loss resistance, different inflammation problems, autoimmune problems, gut problems. These are all hallmarks of a dysfunctional metabolism and a dysfunctional immune system, i.e. chronic inflammation. Um, so this is something that we build over time or devolve into over time. And what I want people to do is to reclaim that birthright of metabolic flexibility because it's all within our body. It's all within ourselves. Right. So it's just like what you teach on a spiritual level. It's like, let's get back. Just like we're getting our spirit and reclaiming that birthright. I want people to start reclaiming that physical side because it's all interconnected. Like you and I always talk about, it's all one and the same. We yeah. like to separate mental health from physical health. Yeah. We like to separate spiritual health from physical health, but ultimately it's all one and the same. Our brain is part of our body. Our spirit is part of the body. I mean, it's all there. All, it's all you. So I want all levels of you to live in alignment with what you were born to do. And I'm not kept back on any level. And that's what fasting is a tool, just like food is a tool, just like spirit hacking is a tool to really reclaim that for yourself. Let me ask you this. What, so people who go on fasting, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I can fast and eat all the junk food I want as long as I, you know, do an OMOD or I do an intermittent fasting. Is that true? Well, the research shows, I mean, there's studies that had to have been done in the research to show where does the benefit of fasting come from? Does it come from 
not eating for a time? Does it come from changing the foods you eat? Does it change from calorie restriction? Well, if we in it, certain studies had to be done to show let's control calories, i.e., keep calories the same. Let's not change the foods that they eat. Let's just change when they eat. And there's studies to show that timing of eating really does hold water. It does help give the body the time to repair and get some of the benefits of intermittent fasting. But I would say there are going to be other groups of people that doing that, it's not going to be enough because it's just one tool of many tools. Mm -hmm. So I would say you could tap into some of the benefits of fasting because look, if you're giving your body a break from eating all types of crap and you're just like limiting the window of time so you have more of a fasting time, yeah, you're going to get more physician within time and you're going to limit the amount of window of eating crap. But my point is we can exponentially improve and enhance the benefits of fasting when you eat in a way that complements that fast. What is congruent with that fast? And that's why I recommend a more of a ketotarian way of eating. As I said, like intuitive fasting is a continuation of the conversation that I had in ketotarian because they're, it's fasting mimicking. You're getting a lot of the same benefits of fasting with a clean ketogenic diet even if it's cyclical, I don't think you always have to be in ketosis, but do some clean carb cycling with some whole food, plant-based carbohydrates, but you can di still dip in ketosis when you want to too. That's metabolic flexibility. It's ability to burn both sugar and fat. And there's nothing wrong with clean carbohydrates, but that's why I would say you're going to take your whole fasting experience and your health experience to the next level when you change the foods that you eat. But that said, I know patients that don't change their food much and they still get benefits from fasting. So it can be done, but it's just one piece of the puzzle. That's amazing because that's going to help a lot of people because a lot of people don't have that information. And a lot of people also will eat like Doritos and hamburgers and this and that and the other. And they're like, oh, but I'm fasting. I'm only eating it at this time, you know? And I think there's a, I think there's a real science and understanding of us being able to really pay attention to really understanding how everything's about balance and creating that balance. When would you say is the best time for someone to fast and when is not the best time for someone to fast? Well, I put together a four week protocol in the book that I just, I know works for, for my patients and it's something that I do in my own life. It kind of graduates people to an OMAD then loosens back up. So these vacillating, ebbing and flowing, expanding and contracting, eating and fasting windows, I think of it and the way, analogy that I use in the book is sort of this proverbial yoga class for your metabolism. You know, if you... You know, uh -huh. I, you know, I think you and I have done yoga before together. It's like, I'm not that good at yoga. I don't do it that often. So when I show up to yoga class and I'm not that good at it, I'm inflexible. My hamstrings are tight. I'm not that good at it. So I, if I was the average person, I could say, well, yoga is not for me, right? It's, it's yoga's fault, but it's not yoga's fault. It's my inflexibility. So that's someone with a beginning fasting. It's like starting off with that beginner yoga class. That's a 12-12. So if we have 24 hours in the day, a 12-12 is 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. You have all day long to eat your food. It's just you're allowing a couple of hours in the evening before you go to bed to fast through the night until you break the fast at breakfast the next morning. So that's week one. That's like that beginning yoga class. And then you go a bit deeper to about an 18 hour in week two. 
So that's tightening up the eating window a bit more. So that's like a 12 to 6 eating window. You have a six-hour eating window. Again, you're not cutting calories. You're eating your food. You're just doing a six-hour eating window. That's the metabolic recharge week to really work on cardiometabolic health, lowering insulin resistance, lowering inflammation levels. Week three is what you've done for a long time. So I did it non-consecutive. You were doing it every day, but a non-consecutive almost OMAD fast. So that's a little bit flexible, about a 20 to 22-hour fast or a two to four hour eating window every other day. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the odd days they could do a 12, 12 again to have this expanding and contracting. That's the deepest week of the fasting of, of the, uh, to use that uh, yoga analogy, that's holding that warrior two pose or there's more difficult poses where nice. you're not always in them, but you're going in and out of the poses. And then week four, you're loosening back up to 12, 12. So that's like the Shavasana at the end of yoga class, you're laying down relaxing and you're doing more clean carb cycling, which increases serotonin, increases the microbiomes of food. So it's all of these things within balance. Like you just said, like it's regaining that balance, but the more you train your metabolism over time, you become more metabolically flexible, just like yoga class will gain musculoskeletal flexibility. So that's what I want for people for their metabolisms. I do too. And my question too also is when people are going through these fastings, they get cravings, people get cravings. What do they do? Good question. So one thing is making sure, and this is probably so elementary, but I just want to say it because it's important because you'd be surprised how many people do make this mistake. It's they're not eating enough during their eating window. It's that you think, especially if we start eating and changing the foods that people eat and they're never have eaten clean foods. That's why I say in the book, maybe if you've never eaten clean, maybe you want to just stay with that 12-12 in week one in the four-week protocol for maybe two weeks or three weeks to get the hang of it. Because when you're going off of a lot of refined foods and carbohydrates, a lot of junk food, and you start eating these nutrient-dense healthy foods, it takes some time to get hang of it. And some people can not be eating enough food because they're just not used to eating this way. So make sure you're eating enough food during your eating window, no matter what fasting window you're doing, make sure you're eating enough food because that's going to fuel your fast. And that's why I recommend eating a more of a ketotarian way of eating because it is nutrient-dense, healthy fats, clean protein, lots of produce and fiber that really supports your blood sugar supports satiety signaling, meaning you're fuller longer and it's supporting beta-hydroxybutyrate, the ketone. So it's actually supporting that fast. That way you're not like eating, like you said, the Doritos and the sugar stuff, your blood sugar is all crashed. And then you go into a fast. That's going to make it really difficult because you're just basically um, throwing your metabolism and like this yo-yo back and forth. That's not going to be fun. That's going to make that fast pretty miserable. So I would say focus on food then build that fast from there. And number two, make sure elect you're supporting your electrolytes. So the very important when you're fasting to support sodium, potassium, magnesium, fluoride. So you could put some sea salt and water. They have different electrolyte supplements because when your body's losing inflammation during the fast, your electrolytes can go with it because it's going to be thrown off because you're losing that water and the inflammation that's going on there. So definitely be supporting electrolytes throughout the day when you're fasting can be very helpful to calm down cravings. Uh, so those two, two things alone can be very, very helpful. And how much is too much food when you're fasting? Because like, we, you know, I hear you speaking and then there's people listening going like, 
oh, so I could just eat a smorgasbord of food and, you know, I'm going to fast anyway. So it's all good, right? I think if you're focusing on the nutrient-dense foods that I would recommend, I mean, and this sort of way of eating, a ketotarian way of eating, we're talking about vegan keto, vegetarian keto, or pescatarian keto. Like that's the realm of the foods you're having. So you're talking about really healthy fats like avocados and the olives and wild caught fish. If you eat meat and eggs, if you have vegetarian options, nuts and seeds, uh, and then obviously olive oil, uh, avocado oil, coconut cream, coconut milk. So these are foods and lots of produce. I mean, lots of vegetables. So we're focusing on these clean keto foods with some clean carb cycling. Like we're, we're like for women if they're menstruating around their period and ovulation, increasing things like fruits and rice and sweet potatoes and safe starches like that to support progesterone and estrogen levels. All of that's in the realm of whole food, nutrient-dense diet. I don't want people to be super hyper-focused on calories. Now, if they're focusing on processed foods, I think that calories are going to play a part. They don't want to be overdoing it. But these foods, for the most part, for the average person, are very self-limiting in the sense of there's only so much overeating of these foods you can do if they're getting it, if you're getting it in the whole food form. That doesn't mean that sometimes we don't need to look at calories. But to me, for the average person, I wouldn't start there. Keep it simple. Focus on the general ranges of foods that I'm talking about. Eat within the window. You're going to see amazing changes with your health. But sometimes, like especially if people are depending too much on like um, smoothies and things like this, sometimes you can get too many calories of, of things. Or if people, people have like a lot of like the butter coffees, they're drink, eating, like drinking a lot of their calories. Yeah, sometimes that's a lot of calorie stuff that we want to look at. That doesn't mean those things are bad. It just means sometimes calories need to be looked at, but your body is less of a a calorie calculator and more of a beautiful biochemistry lab. And the foods that we eat influence our biochemistry. So if we're focusing on foods that influence a beautiful, healthy biochemistry, I'm okay with that. And is it okay for people to drink liquids and fluids during their fast? Great question. So people want to know. I mean, that's a common question. Like, what breaks my fast? What can I get away with, basically? Um, But but I would say any liquid that is healthy, that doesn't have any calories or has negligible amount of calories will be fine. So mainly in my mind, it's going to be water with electrolytes, if you want to add some there, tea and coffee. So those are going to be the purest, I'm not going to break my fast at all. Beyond that, adding some healthy fats to your coffee or tea or water can be very fasting mimicking and supportive of the fast. So if it makes your fast easier, i.e. fueling your body with some extra calories, but it's not going to uh, throw you out of ketosis, nor is it going to, it has a negligible effect on your gut digestion and it's not going to impact insulin on your blood sugar. So adding things like MCT oil or medium chain triglyceride oil from coconut oil, that could be a fine tool to make your fast easier, which would be fine. Once you start adding too much things with protein in it, there's a pathway called mTOR. It's, it stands, it's an acronym that stands for mammalian or mechanistic target of rapamycin. So basically it's the longevity pathway that, or I should say, keeping it lower is associated with longevity. It's actually a pro accelerated uh, growth pathway 
that we don't want to be higher during times of fasting, at least. So I would, and it's very sensitive to protein. So basically keeping mTOR lower or modulated in a lower fashion is ideal during fast. I wouldn't add extra like collagen protein or added protein to your drinks while you're fasting. At least erring on the side of that is a good idea. So mainly coffee, tea, and water is what I recommend for most people. And when it comes to fasting, Dr. Will Cole, is there a difference between fasting for women and women who have menopause? Good question. So yes, there is. There's a whole chapter plus that I wrote about in intuitive fasting for this reason. Absolutely. And that that's where I go back to that earlier statement that I said of context matters and making these broad sweeping statements and saying, well, fasting disordered eating or fasting's bad for women is a very reductive comment because who is the woman and how is she fasting? Those two things matter because there's a lots of different types of women with different types of health issues And there's a lot of different types of fasting. So to say fasting in women equals bad, like that's very oversimplified. So the way that I would advocate women that are cycling, that do have a menstrual cycle is to do a more of a cyclical type of fast, which is what I recommend intuitive fasting. And its name, I mean, it's called intuitive fasting because I'm constantly through these metaphysical meals, having the woman to check in with her body and saying, how am I feeling? How's my energy levels? How's my digestion? How's my libido? How's my sleep? How, how are my health goals? And she can adjust that fast accordingly. And that's a, there's, that's a, there's a science to it, but there's also an art to it. So over time, you're going to get more, you're going to grow in intuition, especially when you're doing spiritual work through this process too of checking in. I need more of this. I need less of this. And you can adjust it accordingly. And as your health improves, as your health evolves, so will that intuitively fast, your intuitive fasting protocol will evolve too. So I teach how to really check in with yourselves and ground yourself and adjust it accordingly. But basically to summarize it, I, I recommend lighter fasts around period and ovulation. So 12-12 basically, and some more clean carbohydrate cycling, the increasing things like fruits and sweet potatoes and starches and rice. And we're not mega dosing carbohydrates, but we're about 75 to 150 grams of carbohydrates during these days, which by the standard American diet, it's still lower carb. It's just coming from whole food sources and it would be moderate carbohydrates, which is enough to really feed the gut microbiome, support progesterone. So you still can get the benefits of the fast for the rest of the month. But during these few days out of the month, you're supporting your female hormones. And uh, what is the protocol for um, women who are expecting? Is there a protocol at all? I wouldn't recommend starting any significant fasting protocol when you are pregnant. Now, it's different for somebody that's already an avid faster and already eats a certain way and becomes pregnant. Like these are, you're not restricting calories and nothing of I'm talking about. Uh, is super restrictive and humans would have done it for thousands of years. Um, I probably wouldn't do the deeper or almost OMAD fasts, even though I know some people do within the fasting community when they are pregnant, but I would stick to like a 12 to 14 to 16, even 18 hour fast would be fine if you're already doing it. The, what I would say though, is if someone's never done this before and then wants to make all these healthy changes in the middle of a pregnancy, I would stick to the more moderate stuff at the beginning, focus on the food, focus on the 12, 12 would be fine. That's just not eating too late at night. Go maybe to the 18 would be fine. I wouldn't go too, too uh, intense with the fast during this time. 
Thank you for sharing that information. It's very important for women who are listening, who are expecting and yeah. want to know like what would be their choices as far as this is concerned. And when it comes to how we are dealing with our health, as far as like any kind of illnesses or anything like that, can people who have illnesses join in on this fast? Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. There's so much exciting research with different autoimmune problems. That's most of my patient base. I talk about it in the book, different types of metabolic problems, type two diabetes, metabolic syndrome, PCOS, um, people, PCOS is driven by insulin resistance too. different other inflammatory problems without a doubt. Obviously, if you're on medication, talk with your doctor. It's just the same with pregnancy. Talk with your doctor, like get the go ahead. But what I'm talking about in the book is very measured middle of the road advice, but meaning that it's nothing too extreme. It's nothing like very excessive. This is accessible for most human beings. But if you're on medication, get the go ahead from your doctor. If you're pregnant or looking to become pregnant, talk with your doctor. Other than that, you know, I, I think it's going to be, it's a great tool for people with chronic health problems to consider. And when we talk about the H2O fast that a lot of people are doing, especially here in Los Angeles, everyone's like, I've been on a water fast for two weeks. You know, it, what, what, what is the, what is the, I shouldn't do that or I should do that? Like, what can you, can you give me some information? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a, like I mentioned, there's a place for longer day, longer, multiple day fast, like water fasts. Other types of fast, like this, mainly water fast, I guess is what I, I would say. But the normally, what I would say is for for people, my functional medicine advice would be work with a practitioner that knows what they're talking about. Have them, you know, monitor you appropriately. Test if the labs are appropriate during that time. Get the go ahead from your doctor if you are on a medication or under the treatment in any way. But there are definitely, without a doubt, therapeutic benefits to it for sure. Um, and some people that are 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 doing this time restricted feeding, time compressed feeding, which I feel like the reason why I talk about it in the book is because it is so accessible and doable, and it doesn't have to do with chronic caloric restriction. And you're eating really good foods, and but you're still leveraging the benefits of fasting. But look, if somebody has some chronic health problems with their body, if they've done this stuff and they're still stuck, they're better off than they were, but they're stuck at a plateau. These multiple day fasts have their place. Um, so you just want to make sure electrolytes are being optimized. You're, you're being well hydrated for these multiple day fasts. But look, after a day or two, your ketone levels are coming up quite a bit. So people can really, like the first couple of days will be difficult, but these multiple day fasts oftentimes end up being very easy for people once they get into this fasted state because the ketones are really fueling themselves. And, you know, based on our amazing conversation that we've had today, would you advise people who are listening that they should go get your other book, Ketotarian, because that will give them a great resource to be able to uh, um, include in their fasting as far as their diet in the way that they eat? Because a lot of people don't have that. Would you advise that they should have at least they should have yeah. your book, both of your books? I do only if they want additional recipe ideas. There's there's quite a bit of recipes in intuitive fasting, but 
it's really part two in many ways. You don't need part one, but it would be an amazing manual with way more recipe ideas. So, and, and the science of, ke- of ketosis in a bigger way. I didn't go into great detail in the science of ketosis in intuitive fasting. I touched upon it, but it's a lot bigger detail in ketotarian. And there are two sides of the same coin. One's fasting mimicking, one is actually fasting, but together they can be really complementary. So that, yeah, that makes sense. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. So tell us about um, how ways people can get in touch with you. And I hear you have a new podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, can brother. you please tell everyone who's listening more about that? I can't wait for you to come on the show as soon as you <laughs> have time. A busy man. So yeah, everything's at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. Uh, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. And it comes out as a new episode every Thursday. Yeah. So people couldn't check that out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But the links to the Art of Being Well podcast, as well as all the links for the books and stuff, are all at drwillcole.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for being with us today on Ancient Wisdom Today. I love you so much, brother. Love you back. I appreciate you. You're a plethora of information, and I'm so glad that you were born on this planet, and I'm so glad you found your path and that you're living your life and sharing such amazing information with all of us worldwide so that we can better our lives. Thank you. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you. Because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others. Your partner, your children, co-workers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, 
to feel good and to make this world a better place. Go to shamanduric.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit. <laughs>